0: of one half radio plaza at life media studios hello folks welcome back to real country radio congratulations detroit you can be thoroughly ashamed of yourself the homicide tool has reached a nice even 750 details on the latest leveling from police sergeant coming up now we're gonna start off the set with in the morning 412. The hitless tigers could use this guy's talents. Mount Clemens police have a 36-year-old man in custody. Seems he got home about 5 o'clock this morning from an all-night spree. That ticked off the little lady who unleashed a verbal barrage at the man. That apparently the last straw for him. He picked up his genuine Willie Mays power eyes, lightning strike Louisville slugger baseball bat and proceeded to hit a thousand on the woman's head. Pulled you up a chair and listen to this. Dirty Hooker Diesel is your full-size diesel performance specialist at Harbor Beach. We're Michigan's final authority on anything performance and replacement related. Specializing in diesel performance parts and accessories for Duramax, Cummins, and Powerstroke diesel engines. From custom-built transmissions and engines to CP3 pumps and injectors. Check them out at DirtyHookerDiesel.com.
1: Hi, this is Tony Burkett, owner of Dirty Hooker Diesel. We are a full-service repair facility that can handle any task from stock to modified, big or small. So give us a call, 989-479-0444. Dirty Hooker Diesel, the final authority on everything performance and replacement. And welcome back to Sidetrack Powered by Dirty Hooker Diesel once again for 2018. Thank you to Tony and the gang coming on board as... uh, we uh, continue on with our saga, of course, we've been a little delinquent on shows, we're getting burned out, this is for our fun, and life happens, and we're trying to get back into it, just bear with us as we get everything done, and uh, changing up some things on our shows, we'll let you figure out what they are, but uh, once again, thank you to, of course, Wade and Ryan Lalone of uh, Diesel Freak up at Gaylord, Michigan, for uh, their sponsorship for 2018, Sun Peak Oil, Ed Shoebridge um pete pesnick with cap brothers and of course brian lively with the hook and pro puller magazine uh our favorite magazines for the sport of pulling yeah um thank you guys for their support you know great people and you know we we're always looking for more sponsors but i'm not gonna lie charles you'll agree with this we are picky oh I, i like money yep yep but we are picky on who we support. If we're going to yeah. bring that brand to the na- table here I gotta and believe in the product. them, it's because we believe in it. So uh, thank you to all our sponsors once again. If you got business to do with them, make sure you tell them Sidetrack sent you. Wow, we got a lot of material since the last time we met. We haven't even covered yeah. UCC yet.
2: We're going to wait on that one, I think. Yeah. Not ready yet.
1: I'm not either. I That was different this year.
2: I'm still... I need that picture that... Tanya took a Derrick Rose's tire to stop going around on Facebook so damn much before I'll be
1: ready to talk about <laughs> <up. laughs> Yeah, no, UCC was good, but we'll recap that another day. But, you know, then we go up to Onaway, Michigan. Holy shit. Wow. Yeah, in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. You're driving for trees, you run into this one-horse town, and uh, they got a little, what is it, like eighth mile? Uh, three quarter. I was talking about a yeah, quarter mile last fall, and uh, off to the one side, we've got a drag strip, so to speak, but not your conventional strip. No, it is mm-hmm. an eighth mile strip. Yeah, but at the very end, we got a hill.
2: Yeah, it's. Um, if you were to put real drag cars on it, it'd be much more of a launch ramp. <laughs> it'd be really cool. <laughs> be exciting the first um, time. i Duke boys are at <laughs> it again. <laughs>
1: actual fact which reminds me you see the picture on facebook going around um it's a picture of a orange uh septic truck no i haven't seen that one orange septic truck with zero two painted on the side and it says called the dookie boys (laughs) (laughs) of of course because why (laughs) wouldn't it I, i thought that was simply amazing as nothing to pertain to our conversation right now, but oh my God, we got cares? sidetracked. <laughs> but, no, we went uh, Canadian-style drag or semi-truck yeah. drag racing, and it was different. Very different. Um,
2: we made, I made the comment before leading up to it. I really wanted to see how they were going to do this as far as drive lines, not just being shrapnel. And I think my lasting impression of that is there's nothing special in the trucks at all. No, it's them driving. They are that good and that that much mechanical sympathy, despite the aggression that is shown
1: outwardly. You know, I mean, I, you probably couldn't tell on the ground, but you know, I got to ride Jacques Lafleur's truck, and it's still a standing impression with me. Him and uh, Jeanette are uh, just awesome people. <laughs> they are crazy. They are fun. But, you know, riding with them is, you know, even the Class B trucks, they're starting on the high side of the trans, loaded.
2: Yeah, it's just insane. There's, on our Facebook page, there's there's in-cab with Wade Lone's yeah. truck. And just even the procedure to get the truck to do a burnout requires the passenger, he's operating stuff on the dashboard just so Wade can get it lit up and going. Um, very very impressive with and and it really was the, the guys who broke stuff were the guys who do, had not done this before. It was the inexperienced guys who had breakage.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, when we finally got to our first class of loaded, which was I believe what we do we did sea loaded was we it? did sea in the rain, sea in the rain. But the first thing they talk, you know, is hey, some of the bees, some tube? of the bees, were some of the bees. Too. But yeah. they go, we need chocks. I'm going, okay. And you know everybody's going. How are they not shattering drive lines? It's very simple. They chalk the rear tire of the trailer.
2: Yeah, the thing can't roll backwards. They're literally just sitting there with a the clutch open,
1: no brakes applied. Yep. And they'll feed that clutch in not only to build boost, but before they start building the boost, they feed it just enough to put that twist in the drive line to begin with. Yeah. You know there it's there's no gear lash that's gonna grab or anything like that. You know there's no slack in that drive line. That's how they're not. Tearing everything out is there's already a load on it. Yeah, it's think, when they go slack, and that's what Wade said. Is he goes? I forgot to draw up the clutch. He goes. I forgot to put put the tension on my drive line. That's what shattered his yoke and dropped yeah. the drive shaft.
2: Yeah, and he did that while loaded.
1: It wasn't we're yeah. on a bobtail.
2: No. Yeah, there's there's a definitely a science to the driving. Having seen it now, I know next year you and I are going to be a lot better prepared. We know what questions to ask now are dangerous and, and can bring a different style of show. And yeah, with with the preloading that goes on. In the, they We were doing this as a no time event, um, but the clocks can tell us those things, and I think when we next year we're gonna ask for them to be activated because yes. there's, a, there's a relevance there being in Michigan with motor city and drag racing um whereas the Canadians don't really it's not about that they don't care but but our the Michigan fans, I think do you're gonna see reaction times that if you're used to watching drag racing are gonna be
1: pathetic,
2: but it's it's part of the process of getting the truck off the line.
1: Yeah, and you know, it's not a normal NHRA regulation tree where once you're staged the lights oh, drop. No. no, they get you rolled into stage, they wait for you to build boost, and it's a manually triggered tree.
2: And when, but when they trigger it, it's I mean it's quicker. It's, it's quicker than a pro tree. That thing comes down fast.
1: Yeah. I mean it's you don't see the yellows, it's just now green. Yeah. Once you see the first yellow, the guys They're not waiting for it to go green. They're already feeding the clutch. They're feeding it
2: now. It's it's definitely, you know, you watch NHRA because of the Melliel sponsorship here the go on yellow. These guys really, yeah, you go on yellow.
1: Yeah. No, it it was different. I mean, our biggest thing for us up there being first-time announcers for an event like that wasn't just lack of knowledge or lack of familiarity with the sport, because let's face it, we just can't travel to the event to learn this, but Eves. Eves was... Uh, was a trip. Our front uh, working with a bilingual sport where we have a French speaking counterpart to work with. Yeah. It changed up a lot for us. And it was probably the most difficult thing for me all weekend to get used to.
2: Yeah. It was very hard to adjust to. And, and I think again, next year behind the scenes internally, there'd be some changes there. Not nothing. It's easy. I don't mean for this to be a slam against those guys. They did a hell of a job. They
1: did their – they came. They did their thing. It's just like how we're going to
2: approach it and how we're going to interact, I think, next year. just It'll be a little different, and I don't know, maybe we'll be a little bit more assertive with, with some of the stuff we're doing just because we'll know more and be more dangerous. But, uh, yeah, to, to work with another announcer that you not only have never worked with before but also have no idea what the hell he's saying.
1: <laughs> I mean, he could have been calling us everything but a white man. How many times did I go – yeah, what he yeah, said. Yeah, exactly. Because exactly. <laughs> he'll, he'll rattle on for five minutes, and I'm going, not a clue. Yeah. <laughs> but everybody's And there you to... can't just take a French class to learn it. No. Because when you learn French class, you are learning French French. Yeah. Which Quebec French is different from, you know, even the French that spoke here over in Ontario, the Dover area, very heavy, of course. Yeah. You know, Orville Kucher and them. Yep. Very French-speaking, but it's a different dialect of French, you know? And it's
2: very, the thing I noticed especially, very fast. Very I mean, fast it's, and very slang. Yeah,
1: if you, uh,
2: people who speak Spanish will understand this reference. They will tell you that the, the Puerto Ricans speak the fastest and with the most slang. It, that's what these guys are like. It's just, you know, I took French in high school, like three years of it. No, I, I was, yeah, I was terrible at it. No, I don't remember a whole bunch, but geez, I, nothing, just... He would he would talk for two minutes, and
1: I, I I caught a name here and there because it was on the sheet in front of me, and that's it. And that's just it. Learning the pronunciation of the French names, you know, the one I uh, or Geisland, Justine, Justine. Yeah, I kept slaughtering that all <laughs> all all weekend, and he'd repeat it, and I'm going, uh, I know Jacques Fleur, that was <laughs> easy, you know, <laughs> but you know, I mean, the French names, you know, it was. Different, different stuff. It was, it was cool. I loved every minute of it. Yeah. Um, the fans up there were just fantastic.
2: Yeah, I heard fourteen thousand wristbands were doled out over the course of the weekend,
1: and they they sat there Saturday during the rain. They toughed it out. They really they did. Stuck it out there and uh, stayed with it, which is awesome.
2: Especially because not only is it cold, it's wet, it's miserable. But because of the wet conditions, we could only do Class C and Class B loaded racing. We couldn't do any of the bobtail stuff. So there, while we were cleaning mud off the track or waiting to rehook
1: trailers up, there was a lot of dead time and people oh stuck my it out. God. Normally, what they were telling me, uh, Kevin, uh, the our timing guy for the day weekend, he told me they normally get like to get through 150 races a day. We did 40 on Saturday. Yeah. So it made for a very long Sunday. We started two hours earlier, but it it you know we didn't get to the open class, which I know a lot of people wanted to see.
2: I did too. But it is what it is. We would have been. There was no lights. We would there would not. It would not have been possible.
1: No. And with the loads and everything, even with lights, it still would have been a risky endeavor. Yeah, it would have. But everybody, yeah, they want to win, but. It was so
2: refreshing to see guys there just to have fun, and what is so emblematic of that out of that weekend? If anybody turned on the red light, both guys would just stop, back up.
1: It's okay, we'll do it again.
2: Yep, every single time. Yeah, awesome. it
1: wasn't. Oh, I get a free win. No, we no. go back, we do it again.
2: No, I did. We're not going to pull win. up
1: to the line, not stage. Set the brakes, hop out, shake hands with each other, yeah. hop back in the truck, and go again. Yeah, it's like... I'm going, re- what? I'm not going to beat you on a red light. I'm going to beat you because I beat you. And it was every single time. Yep. Yep. And I mean, the American guys, they, it took some getting used to for them. But soon yeah. they realized, oh, we get to go again. Yeah, it was cool. I red lighted. I get another shot. Yep. No, it was probably one of the coolest motorsports. I know we'll be back up there next year. Uh, can't wait for that. You know, Mike Sturgill, first time event up there. Amazing job. I know he was in a mad rush the entire weekend. A couple times he came up to us. I looked at him, Mike, just breathe. You're doing awesome.
2: He you know, killed, for a first time event, absolutely killed it. He couldn't control some the There were complaints weather.
1: about mud in the pits and all that. Yeah, it's it sucked. What are you going to do? It rained. What are you going to do? It's Bowling Green if it rains. You're stuck and in I, mud.
2: I have a feeling the pits next year are going to be paved. He couldn't pave them in time this year because three weeks before that, the race, there was snow on the ground.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, and... I mean, contingencies he had in place, you know, for the wet spots, he had wood chips there. They were yeah, spreading wood chips. he was ready. You know, they had 21A sitting there because he knew the approach up to the asphalt would start settling just as the nature of it. So they've got a vibratory roller there and a loader, and as the trucks are pulling on, they're building the 21A up, going yeah. up to the asphalt to make sure it's a smooth approach. I mean, how many promoters think of stuff like that?
2: No, he, he, had, he had that. He had Friday night, they had the, the truck show inside the oval track with a live band playing. There's food, people hanging around live band on Saturday. Tooling, yeah, tooling around on golf carts, you know, having a couple barley pops, enjoying each other's company. Beautiful weekend. You know, other than the rain, just the whole thing was super, super
1: impressive. Fireworks show Fireworks, Saturday and all. Yeah. I mean, yep. it was cool. They're talking, you know, they were talking, well, we need to do a sled pole too. And you know, I mean, it was if you're into big rigs you needed to be there that was it. because as of right now
2: vendor midway
1: the two biggest semi-truck events in michigan now take place within 30 miles of each other
2: yes yeah saint Ignace truck show the other one
1: you know how many how many places say that it's a very remote area but i mean the trucks add up there and you know who else i got to give a shout out to up there Joey's towing coming up from Detroit. Yes. Those boys. They were on it, man. Were on the spot. There wasn't a truck that sat there more than five minutes before they were hauling them off.
2: Yeah. And I mean, not five minutes before the tow truck got there. Five minutes before the thing's gone. gone.
1: You know, and I, I talked to Joey and Mike, the two guys there. Of course, Joey, the owner, and Mike is right-hand man. And I go, guys, you did a great job. And they go, well, now next year we know we need this and this and this. I go, no, you guys didn't know what to expect. And you guys knocked it out of the park.
2: Yeah, huge. There was no calling for them. I mean, they just, they knew. Okay,
1: out, yep. out we go. Yep. And uh, that, that to me was amazing, just the speed in which they were out there making sure we kept the show rolling. Yeah, fantastic.
2: All the way around, thumbs up, high marks. I can't say one bad thing about it at all.
1: Nothing. The only bad thing I can say is if you weren't there, you really missed out. You really
2: did. Yeah, uh Woodstock took place in a in some far-flung corner of New York and nobody knew about it. Well, drag racing some ice up in some far-flung corner of Michigan and boy, you better be there next time.
1: You know, I was chatting with Brian Lonis on Messenger. Of course, he'll be on here later in the show, but um <clears throat> chatting with him on Messenger and I told him, you know, I sent him a video of class A racers up in Onaway, he goes. I've always wanted to go to Canada. To see that? I go. That wasn't Canada. He goes. What? I go. That was Michigan. Yeah. He goes. You're kidding me, right? I go. No, Onaway Speedway, Michigan. I go. First time ever. I go. We got to announce it. He goes. That's awesome. I'm yeah. Like, we'll let you know next time. I
2: didn't realize this. I I I got. We I was after. It was Monday after we come back home at work. I had always thought this stuff was like way out Quebec, like St. Lawrence Seaway out there. No the 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 Rodeo du Camion, the big one at uh, Notre Dame du Nord, it's like three hours north of Sudbury, up on the Ottawa yeah Quebec line. I didn't realize there is nothing up there, and I was I forget oh at the Thumb Pole Friday night I was talking about this with Mark Duby, and he says you know what that's probably what makes them so good because if it breaks up there they fix it themselves.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I got talking to them, and you know they're all telling me you know unfortunately same weekend as uh um Langford yeah is Rodeo du you know and the, everybody goes you gotta come up to Notre Dame for the poll I'm like I or the race. I go, I'd love to, but I go, it's my grand national event for yeah. the year. I can't. But you know, they go, no, we need we want you up here. I go I go, well I'll be honest, there's been a so to speak rumor put out there about Americans not really being wanted because of the lack of French speaking. They go, "Oh no, we want you there."
2: Yeah, and they were, yeah, you know what? And that's something. Let's let's talk a about stereotype. that stereotype. That stereotype, and if you watch certain, you know, we're here on the border, so we get to watch the CBC <laughs> comedy shows, and they're always making fun of the, the Quebec independence people and how difficult they can be, and this, that, the other. These were some of the coolest, funniest. Frenchies. friendliest <laughs> french-speaking people ever they were so cool and uh, yeah I'd, I'd love to go up there and the first
1: things out of their mouth is they go we drink while announcing
2: oh and do they geez
1: <sighs> <laughs>
2: and eves my, you know my liver my liver well you know what you need to do people don't know this if they were there because you can't see in the trailer where we were announcing from when that music is playing eves never stops moving he's dancing the whole time he's sweating that alcohol out of him
1: i'm dancing we're all dancing there's people looking in the doors just laughing
2: it was something else oh
1: you can't help but be swept up in his energy you cannot no you know i'm out there dancing my butt off in the trailer and everybody's just kind of looking at us i'm going let's have fun i mean we're trying to learn what they do let's do it how they do it because they got to figure it out
2: yeah and uh, people in this area will appreciate this reference a very high energy French speaking Leo Burzik.
1: Yes. Oh my God. Actually, I stopped in the Armada Fair to pay my uh, membership for the Agricultural Society uh, that Monday or two Mondays after. And uh, I was talking to Mary and Brie in there. And I go, we, Leo, of course, came up in passing, you know. Yeah. And I go, You won't believe who I announced with. And I showed him. I go, Look it. They go, Oh my God. <laughs> Mary goes, I just got chills. Yeah,
2: well, you have no idea.
1: But, I mean, the amount of alcohol consumed in that damn announcer stand was ridiculous.
2: It was, uh, and I really didn't contribute. I had my fair share of beer, but,
1: I mean, there was, uh, the <sighs> rum was a flying. Oh, my Lord. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Between Friday and Saturday, I had a little bit of help. Um, there was a half gallon of Bacardi gone. I, I can't, I'm not going to throw anybody under the bus. You had to be there. There, there I mean, there was probably close to two half gallons consumed between the group of us in there, plus beer. Yeah, I mean it would, but that that was it. Nobody missed a beat. Nobody nope. was sloppy about it. But I mean, we just we had fun.
2: We did that. We did good show.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I've got some French friends now. You know. Yeah. Actually, you know, before I left, said thank you to Jacques and Jeanette Lafleur. Jacques goes. Add me on Facebook. here's my cell phone number call me. yeah that's the type of people they are. you know I hop in I know you've heard this story many a time now because I'm still geeked about it. you know you were up announcing I was down track side doing some video and uh, Jacques rolled the beams. So they back him up. I walk over to give him shit you know for rolling the beams he sets the brakes on the truck hops out i'm like you know he's gonna you know we're gonna give him hell i go what the hell roll (laughs) my beams you know he goes hop in oh okay (laughs) so i crawl in go to jeanette sit in the passenger seat i climb into the bump there's this young couple sitting there and this guy who's been with them all weekend i sit down Next thing I know, we're stage, tree drops, he starts grabbing gears, we're at the top of the hill, I'm going, that's awesome, I just got to go on a loaded B-class loaded B yeah. race, you know? So he loops back around, I'm talking to this couple, I go, so how do you know Jacques and Jeanette, you know, I mean, yeah. You know, what do you think, you know, are you from Quebec? They go, no, we we don't live around, they go, we live here, I go, where do you live? They go, bad acts? I go, okay, I live in Port Huron, you know, two hours away, you know, not that not that far, I go, so uh, how, how do you know him? They go, we don't. They go, we were walking to go get food. He honked the horn at us. We got off to the side because he thought he wanted us to move. He stopped, told us to get in the truck, and next thing we know, we're sitting here. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, and it's it's one of the few forms, maybe the only, where you you can go ride in the trucks when they're racing. And, and it's we're, not a safety hazard. Not really, no. No, it's not. But where else can you climb in a
1: 2,500, 3,000-horsepower truck and go for a ride up a drag strip? Oh, I mean, every bunk was filled and every truck they could. I've
2: got photos. I can't remember who. It might be Tyson Brandt's truck where the the skylight's in the sleeper. If you look at some of the pictures, you can see faces in those windows <laughs> up there.
1: That is an awesome E9 Mac. Yeah. <laughs> Super liner. Oh, my God, that Mac power. But, you know, it. That I think was the one cool. that the one
2: that intimidated me the most was the uh, the Western white star near the Western Star. Did the twin charger Western Star that had the, the atmo <laughs> charger right up there in the grill? You could feel it pulling you. You could.
1: Uh, I'm not exaggerating. You could feel the wind around you. Yeah,
2: it was. I've been trackside for photographing full on, you know, full of NTPA mods, and they're screaming at you, and it's it's very impressive, and it gets me every time. But they're slowing down when they're getting that close. This thing is accelerating like a missile at you, and just that sound, it's, yeah, that was intimidating.
1: And the white one, what one you, you were saying there was another one that got you.
2: No, it was that one. It was that that one? one? Yeah. That Western Western Star. Star. Oh, my
1: God. And you know what? What was cool there is we had downtime if we were waiting on people to hook loads. Oh, what do we do? Let's bring our semi-truck out and do burnouts the entire eighth mile of the track, just burning the drives off yeah you know anything to keep the show going you know i was putting on video for um jc and for junior the day i came back you know on on my smart tv off of youtube and you know it's not uncommon for them to have cars drag racing in that and you know everybody to come out and just get a train of people doing burnouts you know i'm like oh there's Jacques. i go there's marco genesee i go I go, okay, here's Ray Murphy, you know. I'm watching a video. I go, now I know these people, but just burning the drives off.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did ask Jacques LeFleur about that. How, how much? What is tire life? And he says, you'd be surprised. They're hard tires. They last a
1: long time. That He, he goes, he picked up a tire sponsorship, and they go, well, how many tires are you going to need? He goes, well, how many burnouts do you want me to do? <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was a sport. That I hope does not get tainted over here, yeah, you know it,
2: Canada gets this rap about uh you know the the hyperactive government and putting clamps on this that the the fun governorness of it all, and that's really not the case. they're actually allowed to do a lot more shit over there than we are here, and yeah, I hope the fun governors don't
1: stop this, yep, and it was like I said, you missed it if you weren't there. I mean, the people that we saw travel up from just down our area, Mm -hmm. you know, some names that, you know, of course we knew would show up to something like that, but, you know, some other names, you know, seeing, uh, Denny Schweighoffer come up with his crew and, you know, you know, main contractors coming up to see that, you know, won't be surprised if we see some train haulers coming up next year.
2: I called a few of them out, uh, back few weeks before this because there was still open registration for it and nobody took the bait but i think next year there will be some
1: oh absolutely you know i mean it was it was something cool if you want to see how big you were i mean we even had a state rep in the seat of a truck yes we did mr tristan cole from yep. uh, uh mancelona yep uh really he sits cool on guy. the
2: he sits on the committee for transportation with the state of michigan too so yep um if transportation you're, and infrastructure so if yeah, you want so to
1: complain about your roads
2: if you if you think the source of the problem is the uh per axle state limits you're probably going to hear deafness from uh, that particular this but this is the kind of guy who is the head of the committee and so you know he's yeah in trucking uh forestry because he works for yep. precision forestry
1: but also the motorsports he understands it he gets it no it was cool they had uh two or three state reps from that area up there and uh Got to talk with them, just some great people. And uh, that was probably the biggest fun was a lot of the people up there. You know, yeah. we got to make some connections with some people. Uh, Photography-wise, we had a guy out from what, uh, Philadelphia area, North Yeah, Philadelphia.
2: I spent some time with another gentleman who who does a lot of this stuff uh, uh, from, from I forget the name of the city, somewhere in Quebec. And actually, he there was an event. Uh, they had a race this past weekend somewhere yeah. else up there. He had some live streams that popped up on Facebook. So I, I'm sitting there watching watching these guys do their thing
1: got to meet uh oh i'm drawing a blank class name's evans uh photographer from right in and, Lapeer, and yeah. actually we've known i've known his dad's truck forever yep his dad's got the 379 peterbilt uh burgundy and white service truck
2: he's a contributor for uh, large car magazine
1: yep and uh lo-, lo and behold we got talking trains and You know, he met his brother and, you know. Cool guys. Just some great people he got to meet. And it was still that intimacy. It was still fresh. It was still new.
2: Same story we have in tractor pulling. The machines bring you,
1: the people keep you. Yes, absolutely. You know, the amount of friends we left with up there was just simply amazing. And, you know, who would have thought I'd have friends? Of course, I got friends in Ontario already. But to extend all the way to Quebec, mm-hmm. you know, like keeping up with them and still joking back and forth. And uh, it, we had it's, racers, it's awesome.
2: The, the amount of racers who came from far and wide, and I do mean far. Uh, you know, Ray Murphy's from Connecticut. There was somebody there no, from he, Newfoundland.
1: No, Ray, Ray Murphy's from uh, New Brunswick. Oh,
2: New Brunswick. Oh, he was the one from New Brunswick, New Brunswick, okay. yeah.
1: New Brunswick. There was somebody on from the other end from Colorado, con- Connecticut. Um, there was Minnesota. Minnesota. There. Uh, Sailor. Uh, Oh, can't think of it. Colton Sailor, Colton Saylor. Pulling who, truck. Who, who pulls a pulling there. truck. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That <laughs> thing was... It's definitely a pulling truck. You could tell by the turbocharger setup in it, the way it drives. But if he keeps that charger lit coming off the line, it's going to spin all eight drives for about 330 feet. And then it's going to hook up and it's going to be gone.
1: You know, that was probably one of the coolest things, of course. Valley truck bringing the green giant, giant up. Yeah. And, uh then Francis Engineering coming out with, uh, uh, oh God. Maximus Prime 2. Maximus Prime 2. 2. And we were told, you heard it. We were told, what are they going to do? Oh, they're just going to make a slow roll down the track. Uh Uh-uh. No, we've got an E9 Max Superliner, you know, four chargers set up that runs PPL Champions Tour and OSTPA state level. And, uh, we have a V12, a 12V71 Detroit and a lifted wheelie truck, and they line up, they stage, and they race. Yeah. And I did not know Maximus Prime had that many years left on the transmission, or he could get through them that quick, but holy shit, was that a rocket ship?
2: Yeah. Uh, six, what are they, I think they pull Eight. Is it 18,000, or are they down to 16 now? Whatever 18, it is, 18,000. 18. Yeah, uh,
1: extensive burnout and then she gripped and she was gone. Oh yeah, it was it was awesome. You know, to come from MIS pulling to go right to the drag strip yeah. was pretty awesome.
2: Yeah, I, I had seen it that morning, Sunday morning, walking through and it was it was in the grounds on the trailer and figured, eh, yeah, they'll probably tow it up there or something. But oh no, we got
1: the full treatment. Yeah, no, they're just doing a, do a slow roll down the track at seventy miles an hour. Yeah. <laughs> so just out for a sunday drive nope great time hats off to mike and uh billy up there just a great job done by them too, getting everything orchestrated and getting it you know getting it done i know saturday morning when i left to go get refill of coca-cola and ice you know it was lined up down uh m33 so yeah. it was great job guys that was awesome
2: even sundays we're leaving there's a discer out there in the parking the dirt parking area fixing it
1: yeah they field uh field cultivator out there working the ground yeah. fixing the ruts i mean that could have waited till monday but nope they got it taken care of sunday night yep let's get going with it yeah so uh great great job that was awesome event but we got other stuff to talk about too yeah we do uh
2: some of it a little we bit get more the two
1: we don't want to talk about first The two
2: we don't want to talk about and then the serious one that we do we need to address yeah, uh, it's been actually it's actually last week now. Yep, uh, that we learned of the passing of two very very successful modified pullers um, from a uh, close area to us in you know northern Ohio area. Uh, of course, uh, two thousand NTPA Hall of Fame inductee, legendary John Heilman, passing last Tuesday, and also Dan Oots, who ran the Thumper twin engine mod, uh, very competitive in a regional level. Uh, there's a a lot of Michigan guys who really looked up to Dan oots and what he did uh, back in the 80s. Um, he passed away, actually, on Memorial Day uh, last week. I'm sad to hear, hear of that for, for both gentlemen. Um, John, I think, probably a little bit more top of mind because of his success, m- both more recently and, and on a larger scale. Um, I did get to see him run the Ohio Gold tractor and the Golden Thunder two-wheeler back in the 90s uh, indoors um, for what would have been, I don't know, TNT or SRO or whatever the hell it was doing. It's, it yeah, it's been. been a minute. But back then, I did get to see him run in period. Uh, so that was cool. But, um, yeah, kind of kind of tough to see some of these guys uh, who were
1: just absolute giants of the sport uh, leave us. It's not cool. No, it's been a tough year already. You know, I mean, one name pops right off the top of my head, Billy Joe Miles, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, it's been been a tough year already. A lot of these legends are not getting any younger, and uh, unfortunately, we're losing them. So, once again, if you got anybody, you know, uh, let us know. Um, I actually we haven't done a show, but we also lost uh, antique puller Kenny Folan too. Yes, Uh, yeah, big N A T P A puller for many years. Uh, So, uh, I know that was a tough one, of course, for J C because Kenny was another grandpa to her so and second dad to jeff gravert so you know it's been uh been a tough tough few weeks here but uh if you got anybody you want you know know, involved in the sport that's passed away reach out to us let us know uh we want to give them their give them their due uh final salute off so to speak yeah for sure well let's get serious here because there's been a lot of uh discussion about this and you know maybe some people don't understand exactly why the rules are specific for one type of mini, or maybe we can explain a little more of the theory of why it's more of a concern with this type of tra- tractor than any other. And, of course, we're talking about the Fort Recovery in- incident yeah. uh, this past weekend, an event you and I had talked about going to.
2: We would have, yeah, circumstances different. Um, we for sure would have been
1: there uh, for this. But, uh, of course... Uh, Stan Shelton, longtime puller for many years, two wheel drives, now mm-hmm. mod and uh, minis. Um, daughter uh, Camille, Cammy, mm-hmm. uh, getting in the seat. And uh, rough class to begin with. I know they had some sled issues. They did. Well, we're going to discuss that too. But um, making her pass and the transmission decided, I don't want to play no more. Grenaded between her feet. Uh, luckily, she made it out with fairly minor injuries. Mm-hmm. But the downside. Flying shrapnel, big chunk of cast aluminum, flew up in the stands. Did hurt a spectator. She did spend some time in the hospital. From what I've heard, she is out and doing well.
2: Yeah, I understand. Whoever, you know, <clears throat> they haven't disclosed who what, her name or any of that. And they and don't it need doesn't to. Matter. It doesn't matter. But she is, I understand, home and going to make a full recovery.
1: But of course, right away, uh, seeing radar right of NTPA, uh rule change coming out effective immediately. They need a shield over the transmissions on the minis. Now, people go, well, why hasn't that been in place before? It probably should have, but these are very, very rugged transmissions to begin with. And yeah, maybe we've rested on our laurels too much, but the rule change is specific for one type of mini the planetary equipped ones which yep. is a new thing yeah it, i mean we're three t- on four one, years ago yeah. there that wasn't a thing no it's been the past year or two we've yeah. really seen the planetaries come out because they're finally finding planetaries light enough for them
2: yeah yeah we can play the well how come you, you know you, you got ballistic blankets on cross boxes on mods and you got this and you got that how come you didn't god
1: you, you can't foresee everything And, you know, everybody goes going, well, why just the planetary ones? Well, it was very quickly pointed out is with the planetary drives, of course, the gear reduction is being done at the hub now. Yeah. So, a lot less stress on the axle, a lot less stress on the components, so to speak.
2: Very much less. But
1: you're spinning the RPMs two to three times faster through that trans.
2: That trans trans right behind the bell housing is... The, the focus of the problem and on the other end yes the planetaries in the hubs are a problem as well but we how many times have we seen planetaries let go two and it was at the same event and that's the only time i've ever seen it happen i've seen it happen more often than that but when it does because it is going to go out centrifugally within the tire it normally it, just tears it, up their rim it'll chuck some crap on the track but no one's really going to get hurt by it the trans yeah it is an issue and and, and you know okay fine yeah they should have seen it okay you you can foresee every <laughs> fucking thing that you do every day
1: yeah you know i mean i wish we could say we always have enough foresight and you know charles you and i've talked safety actually there's a thread going on on facebook on the outlaw uh antique tractor pulling forum of a 560 turning yes five grand i know you saw me comment on it
2: i read through some of the comments and we're going to get
1: into that one too i do we'll want to get do into you want to talk about that one today? i do want to get because it relates to this one sure directly that's fair directly
2: yeah it perfectly does that's fair but you I know, didn't read them all because I got tired of the stupid.
1: It, yeah, there was some I skipped over. But, you know, would have been great. We had some foresight. Were we fortunate that nobody got killed or seriously dismembered? Yeah. Absolutely. But we've gone from a mini rod that has not changed, really, in the past 15, 20 years. Nah. They're, Horsepower
2: they're... gains, but... Power gains, but... Come on.
1: No real innovative things coming out.
2: No, it's... it's... This is the planetaries in a mini is probably the first quote unquote new thing under the sun since we stopped using wedge chassis in the late 1990s. Really,
1: exactly. So you know, I mean, and it's a simple fix. Take It's already been done. Twenty minutes. We yeah. saw examples. The rules posted by Uncle Harry and NTPA. And I and gotta it say, it wasn't even eight hours later. We already had a picture of what is an adequate shield which is literally just a horseshoe with a brace, so when you slide your cross in, it's there. It's bolted to your frame. It's going to direct the parts downward.
2: And people are on PPL's ass that, why don't you have a rule? I'm sure that they do, because these organizations talk back and forth. I have no doubt that whatever was written, Larry Rich Ryan and John Mears were both involved in it, but the optics matter. NTPA had it out there. This happened at a PPL event now may I don't know. I'm gonna do some irresponsible specula- speculation Both organizations have an attorney and retainer. They do. You can find oh, out whose yeah. who's NTP's is, is. It's in the rule book, it's in the puller. for Christ's sake. They probably had an had an attorney saying, Yep, write the rule, enforce it, at saluted this coming weekend,
1: but shut the hell up. Yep. For right now, the best thing you can do is shut up. Oh, absolutely. You know, you make an announce, okay, now we're gonna make this mandatory. Now you've admitted guilt. Culpability is there now. Yep. Whereas NTPA is just going to go and say, that. hey, we we didn't have is. this happen, but we're going to do this now because we got no liabilities on us. Yeah. No, it's, it's very simple.
2: simple. So, so the optics about, oh, well, PPL, what the hell? Why don't they have the rule out? Oh, believe me. It's there. Oh, God. It's 100% That was there. talked
1: about, bro. I guarantee... Bruce, after they Bruce got Law Cam, said
2: it was it, talked about before they'd even left Saturday night. I
1: was gonna say, I guarantee before you know, right after they got made sure Cammy was okay, got the lady medical attention. Mm-hmm. You know, I know Cammy had to go to the hospital too. Yes, she did. You know, I'm sure as soon as some ambulance doors shut, the head track official probably walked over John Mears or whoever was there and goes, "Hey, we gotta fix this yep. now." Yeah, we saw the same thing at White Pine. Yep, we're not going to get into discussing what, what that happened. Was. It doesn't
2: matter, but there was there was a rule drafted within half an hour,
1: if if that.
2: I mean, they already knew. They had pictures. They knew what they had to do.
1: Yep, and you know, it's not that these organizations rest. It's not that they want to put people in jeopardy. No, you know, it, it is safety, and that's the number one thing here. Is you know, it safety. It might not sound fun, but you know what, it makes it more fun in the long run.
2: Oh, it sure does because talking about some of the stuff we just did talk about, oh. I'd rather talk about them getting old, oh God, yeah, than getting killed,
1: and think about it how many pullers have we ever had killed out on the track? I
2: gotta really I have to think hard about one where it happened for not a medical reason,
1: yeah, other than a natu- you know heart attack, something like that, yeah. but due to an injury, I can't think of any, no. No. I cannot think I'm of any. Sh-
2: I am sure that it has happened.
1: Oh, I'm sure there has.
2: But it doesn't... It's not something where I just go, oh, yeah, it was...
1: Joe Smoe with his... Yeah. V8, you know. No. I can't, I can't think of one. No. So, and that brings me up to my other subject. You know, I get preachy. I get called out for it on many forums now. I don't care. I We do this show because we enjoy doing it, and it's a way for us to vent and kind of let you guys think what we think. But... Had a tractor, um, basically running a lot like what the go fast class was for thumb for many many years. Yeah, open RPM. Um, they weigh in at seven thousand pounds versus six thousand sixty five, which was which go fast we used for, to yeah. for years. Um, eighteen four tires. You know, yada yada yada. Three hundred one four sixty, and I heard him in Sigourney. He comes down the track, first pole of the night. He's on, he wasn't even on eighteen fours. At the time. He's on like thirteen sixes, thirteen 6s 13 You know how much that motor was loaded. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and just screaming to the moon. And I walk up to him and I go, hey, listen. I go, I don't care you're turning that many RPMs. I go, but I do have a problem. I go, do you have a steel flywheel on it? And he won't give me an answer. I go, I need a bell housing blanket before I hear you turn them RPMs again on any track. Yeah. And
2: uh, it's just and simple i'm standing down things here.
1: proceeded on through the weekend we still had some rpm issues he got disqualified asked not to come back video came out on facebook of him running once again
2: i didn't realize this was the same guy
1: yes okay yep uh came out no flywheel blanket on the tractor now once again haven't gotten a reading on whether or not it's got a press steel flywheel not cast iron because that's that's a big thing it's either yeah. way, and uh, Trent Pollock was the one who brought this up. Is we need not just a blanket over the bell housing, but it's very easy to do. You remember the five six fifty six, the blanket's long enough because they're made for automatic transmissions. It covers the TA housing. Yeah, because those clutches and and uh, gear sets in there aren't designed to turn five thousand rpm no. either.
2: We've had we've had a flywheel get out of a V eight hot rod that was blanketed several years ago.
1: Yeah. And uh, you know, this is it, you know, is you gotta think before you do stuff. I understand it's cool to turn the RPMs and people go, Oh my god, I can't believe you're turning that many RPMs up. Go three oh one.
2: They can do it can, all day long. They can
1: do it all day long and they'll beg for more.
2: The engines can do it all the time.
1: But it's the driveline beyond. That's where the yeah. concern is. You know, everybody's seen the video of the Farmall twelve oh six where the yes, I know the clutch was slipping and it got the flywheel hot and the rack stuck. I get that, but it was still a cast iron flywheel that got hot and blew apart.
2: Yeah, a cast flywheel. Well, that's another argument. Cast flywheel on a P-Pump Tracker. What the?
1: Duh. Exactly. I mean, probably spent the money on the 2 disc slipper clutch, but uh, we'll keep the cast iron. Anyways, come on, people. Trans blanket doesn't cost you much. And you know one thing Jeff Graver brought up, even? At 5,000 RPM, what's a stock steel fan going to do when that lets go? Oh, it's going to act like a buzzsaw. And what did I have on our 656? Electric. Yep. Not only does it save you a little bit of weight, because that little fan probably weighs two, three pounds and might not Mm -hmm. sound like much, but that electric's a lot lighter. And boy, does it move some air. You remember how big of a fan I had on ours. We had a 2700 CFM. You could stand in front of it and it would blow your hair. (laughs) Summit
2: Flexalite. Look it up. Summitracing.com.
1: Yeah, you can do a -A Flexalite. Aluminum fan, bolts right in. Got one of them for that too. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, you got guys I I don't get it head. you're gonna spend you know seven eight grand on your motor but you won't spend five six hundred dollars on a steel flywheel and I heard people going well I can't find them Murphys.com.
2: they make them they have them on the shelf
1: yep plus there's how, for how,
2: how many machine shops can you know
1: I'm sure Kastner's
2: can make you one I don't know. Atlas tractor At, yeah geez yeah Atlas
1: Fair Valley you know oh I don't know where to get one Bullshit. Just, guys, use your heads a little bit because, you know, one thing is we all joke about lawyers, you know, chasing after ambulances. They do. They do. And uh, we don't want them chasing after ambulances that are leaving fairgrounds after tractor pulls because that's a good way to watch our sport get ruled out of being financially viable, you know, insurance-wise so we can go compete. Yeah. And don't and- – in.
2: Mechanical stuff's going to break, okay? And this kind of yes. goes back a little bit to the to what happened with the mini rod. Crap happens. It does. And there's bitching about, oh, well, the thing was hot. They pulled it three times, this, that, the other. Oh, that I want was you cute. To, I want you to listen to what you're going to hear Brian Lona's talk about in a little bit when when we get to his segment. That that, that thing was going to break. Heat's not a... No. The transits don't get that hot anyway. No. Um, just a bunch of crap. But, yeah, it, it really... The responsibility at some level... Falls to you. You hook to the sled. You push the throttle down. You need to make sure your stuff right stuff's right. It's not the sled operator's fault. It's not the sanctioning body's fault. It's you.
1: The burden of proof on whether or not you've built your tractor with the proper safety specs is not on the sanctioning body. The burden of proof is on you.
2: Yeah, and we have said that many times on this show. That the problem... Is not the sanctioning body when it comes to cheating or safety. The problem is you, the competitors. Yeah. Your responsibility for your machine begins and ends with you. It doesn't begin and end with the sanctioning body or the sled operator or the flag man or your tech rep or the guy at, you know, Jim Bob's Auto Parts where you bought the stuff. You, you It's your machine. You own it. Suck it up and take responsibility for that.
1: Absolutely. You know, I mean, I I don't agree with, browbeating somebody about something but i mean at least use your head enough to have the four thoughts, that way you aren't the problem when something lets go
2: let's talk about something a little bit more fun yeah and absolutely. has I'm actually has sure a that. has a connection to 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 something you i think you posted on our facebook page today
1: i might have died post something today
2: yeah or maybe yesterday
1: could be um, i posted something <laughs> <laughs>
2: Thumb Tractor Pulling Association had their season opener back on Friday and, and back, back.
1: Oh, gr- oh my God! Great show. We haven't Holy even talked crap. about that. What the amount of iron there was! Just I haven't awesome. seen
2: a season opener like that for TTP. Great job, Thumb. Think, great
1: job, Thumb. That was. That's what we need. Smooth show and listen
2: to this: eighty-five Five hooks. registered hooks, 85. and we
1: were done by midnight.
2: It was before Yeah, before midnight. Before, before midnight. Unbelievable! Great show. Good job. Hats off to you guys. Absolutely, it was that cold. Was awesome. It was a bit miserable. Oh my god, it got not cold. gonna lie. But I that many guys ready to go. And look, we've said it on the show repeatedly. Credit where credit is due. When it comes to running a tight show, Thumb crushes
1: it. They're always yes. on their game, and it was like they hadn't been we've an off season. Spoiled. We've gotten spoiled we ha- by truly that. have, truly have. Anyways, you were going with another point there. something.
2: but there was a
1: particular tractor there that uh, ran. In the Modifieds for about 50 feet. <laughs> oh, my God. I looked at them fenders, and I'm sitting there going, I should know that tractor, I should know that tractor, because it was one of my favorites growing yeah. up. And even more of a favorite was the other tractor in the fleet, maybe more the driver, the driver. at the time.
2: <laughs> Jim Martell has resurrected what at one time was Dave Archer's pioneer. And Kathy Archer, of course, has a, has a tie-in there. Had the... Uh... Black widow
1: no no it was uh wagon master
2: oh well yes yes she did the wagon master came before black widow black
1: widow came yep yeah um and that's it- when I fell in love with her when it was uh two in line with uh two uh two set crank to crank uh facing outboard yep exactly the fifth would get stairs stopped on top yeah same same combination actually dave ran in his uh five yep. engine back and then of course they went to the new chassis which uh, Mr. Martell has now.
2: Yep. Uh, he he resurrected the thing and had some engine problems. But the cool tie-in is um, I'd heard that, that actually Dave Archer, the reason they had sold out on the tractor, was that he wasn't in the best of health, and he had uh, undergone some treatment for lung cancer. Well, their new project was what? out. Oh, maybe it wasn't you then that put this up. So you didn't I see I need this. to read
1: our Facebook page. <laughs> so...
2: Something else that Brian's going to talk about when he in his his interview, he's going to mention um, the East Coast Timing Association that he used to be an owner of yeah. and a since sold out. They used to be based in Wilmington, Ohio. They have now moved to uh, a track and or an airfield in Arkansas. They had an event this past weekend, and Jack Donahue had the ECTA record for tractors at I don't know ninety something miles an hour. Oh, I did
1: share that. That the, wait, what?
2: Jack Donahue had the record, yeah,
1: with the eight N Ford.
2: Well. Kathy Archer drove her dad's Alice D seventeen to a new tractor record at one hundred and eight miles an hour. Wait, that was Kathy in the seat. Kathy drove it, and they still have that shorty
1: Jeep that they used to push start it. That that, their old pit vehicle, they still have it. (laughs) I knew I shared it, but I thought it was just cool. I didn't read the article. It was. It came out.
2: it, It was something. It was a project started. Dave, he says in the article that he started this because. Yes, he, he went through a double lung transplant actually is what he did oh wow double lung transplant he's like I needed something to do to do <laughs> something to th- something to think about to to keep me going and he's like well let's do, you know he saw what Jack Don he was doing with the funk converted 8n you know eight incredible he's like we can do that so they took a d17 with a Buddha engine in it thing now turns like something like 7 thousand rpms steel flywheel <laughs> It's got a single, single, one gear in the transmission, and that's fast as hell. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, they they took the tractor, tractor record away at 108 miles an hour this past weekend. I didn't
1: realize that was Kathy in the Kath, seat. Kathy oh drove God. it. That, so I, super cool. I should have been paying more attention. I just thought it was cool. They were using a D19, of course, for the tractor knots out there who don't know a D19 being the first production turbocharged tractor, you know, row crop yeah. tractor ever, of course. IH in the first hundred horse turbocharged, yeah. But the D19 being the first turbocharged, They go, oh, that's neat. And I didn't realize they were on. They had a gas side one, but I go, that's cool. I, I've been so busy with stuff, I haven't had a chance yeah. to read the article. But I did. It
2: had been up for a while, and then I, this afternoon, I was I was scrolling past. I don't know what I was looking for, but there was the picture. It had, I think, it had a close up of the roll cage, and I just, yeah. Those eyes, I know those eyes. Wait a minute, what's going
1: on here? <laughs> 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 I was like, and I get into the story. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that that is cool. I mean, that is really cool. Yeah.
2: So a con- neat connection to bring bring the weekend full circle.
1: Yeah, it was. It's been a cool weekend. Of course, i in Michigan. Many starting their season. Some new tractors yeah, out for yeah. them. We had a good time up there for that. Um, next weekend, of course. This weekend I'm down at Legendary's Diesel yeah. event. Next weekend, uh, we start pulling in Canada. You do. I'm going to be in Blanchard over here. Yep. Uh,
2: and then uh, the week after that, holy shit.
1: I haven't looked, but I don't. I'm, I'm living a short period at a time. Get ready to live out of suitcase. Yeah, it's about par for the course anyways. But uh, uh, no, uh, Shedden, of course, we're going to start with Empire State and Shedden for their pull. Then, of course, uh, on Saturday, going up to uh, Dungannon for the Dungannon Super Bowl. Uh Southwest Ontario ottpa co sanction up there. So a lot of cool stuff, I think. The uh,
2: Light Limited Superstock Grand National Tour.
1: Starts again, uh, of course, at Shedden goes up to Dungannon. Um, so that'll be uh fun as always seeing who uh shows up. I hear some names from New York gonna be uh coming over to play again. So looking forward to it. But a lot of pulling action as we get into the heart of the season and uh it's not slowing down for us i got a call no. for to do a poll in georgetown ontario just outside uh toronto Ooh, <laughs> yeah uh in september so it's i got another poll for beer money coming up here end of the month um so uh which of course the and dirt they're going ucc style drag race dino pulling yes they are uh last i heard two slots left open and uh cool thing if you saw the Facebook page today, drive your tractor, get in free.
2: Yeah, and if you happen to know, what was his name? James Strauss from Lake Geneva, Ohio. Take a crap in his yard. Uh,
1: I think that was, was that Lake Geneva, Ohio or Lake Geneva, Wisconsin? Wisconsin. Excuse
2: me, Lake Geneva, Wisconsin. Yeah. Sorry, Ohio.
1: (laughs) I'm sorry, a guy videotaping somebody with a cell phone while driving.
2: And his radar detector's going off.
1: Radar detector's going off and complaining about uh, the speed and how hazardous a tractor is going down the road give me a break i'm not gonna get into that i swear i wasn't going to but i mean thank you for beer money stepping up it's gonna be cool seeing all these tractors yeah. rolling in to get in. drive for your free. tractor
2: you get in for free
1: that's that's awesome and i mean you can fit a lot of people in a cab of a tractor Yes, you can. (laughs) It's going to look like the drive-ins back in the 60s. Yeah. (laughs) And I
2: don't want to see any of this, you know, newfangled, we got AC Nintendo tractors doing it. No, I want you to cram about 12 people and then an 806 with an icebox on it.
1: (laughs) No AC. The windows are frozen shut. (laughs) Frozen by rust. (laughs) Yes.
2: Corrosion.
1: But you know, gotta give it out to Jason Schultz. Always looking for something to uh, help make a situation better, and kind of give a middle finger to people who Deserve are narrow-minded. It. You know, that's it is what it is. But uh, you know what? I'm looking. We've got an hour of recording in already. We even gotten the lonus. No, that, uh, that guy from uh, BankShift.com. Who that,
2: I meant to mean it when I say it. I, it is my morning coffee routine. I, every morning, I have my coffee. I read Fonda's board, pull off, and BankShift just every morning have for years it's just part of part of it and he's also an announcer for nhra and he's doing a cool new tv show
1: well it's is actually second season now put yep. up or shut up that now includes pullers yep uh great guy and uh unfortunately just due to time constraints today because he's recording you know for nhra actually as we're speaking right now he's recording i probably shouldn't try calling him again but uh <laughs> he <he's laughs> he able to answer. come on for a little bit but uh We'll have, we'll him, have him back on again, because I, I this is going to be one we're just going to basically just record and call yeah. it a show, because a lot, a lot of long history with this guy as far as motorsports and his fascinations of which, which, best thing you ever did, you know, we we're like I said, we've been Facebook messaging back and forth, you know, I talked to you about, hey, let's mm-hmm. see if we can get him on, and he's like, yeah, let's do it. Is he sends me a picture of his farm all hat. So I sent him a picture of, you know, oh, yeah. stuff around the house. He's he a goes, farm all guy. He goes, Oh, yeah. He goes, hey, Have you ever been to Pockett's down in Leesburg? He goes, No, my parents have. I haven't been. And we, you know, go off on tractors. You know, yeah. just great, great guy. He's, who's, he's a
2: brilliant drag racing mind, but he has his, he, he definitely has his hand the on, finger on the pulse of what's going on out here in the Midwest. Yeah. Too.
1: He, he loves his tractors. He loves his pulling. He loves anything with a motor. And that's where we're at, you know? Yeah.
2: And I will tell you, if you are, if you really want deep dive, but you can read it in like 45 seconds, stuff of just any kind of anything with an engine, follow Brian Lonus on Instagram. He is the coolest Instagram page there is. Just, just do it.
1: Follow. Trust me. So with that, we're gonna take a break here, and uh, we'll play uh, our pre-recorded interview of uh, Brian Lonas and then we'll be back with you momentarily. This is Sidetracked, powered by DHD.
2: you make your living going up and down the road and time is money. Would you like to save up from 5 to 25% on fuel up to 25% more power with better bottom end acceleration? You need to get with Dieselfreak.com and their truck tuning services. Works for Cummins, Caterpillar, Detroit Diesel, and more if you want to kick it up another notch. You can get their off-highway tuning for high horsepower. It'll unlock the RPM limiters, twin turbo setups, VGT turbo replacement, EGR valve delete, DPF delete, urea delete, and more, and it all comes with a 30-day warranty. only that, they've also moved into the agriculture realm. They'll bring their dino on-site to you. Get a baseline on your tractor and write a custom tune for it, load it up, and show you the difference. Also with a 30-day warranty, save fuel, increase power with performance tuning from Dieselfreak.com. For Case IH, Challenger, Claus Fent, John Deere, Massey Ferguson, New Holland, Valtteri, and more, Dieselfreak.com. They can be reached at 989-748-4145. 989-748-4145. Ask for Wade and tell him before.
1: Cut that bitch off! And we're back with Sidetrack, powered by Dirty Hooker Diesel. And Charles, we got a guest on tonight that is uh, way more famous than we'll ever be. He's got a small website, works for some small little drag racing organization.
2: I got to tell you, I can't get through my morning coffee without reading his website. I mean, every morning for like four years now.
1: I've heard of it. That's about it. But uh, Brian Lone is joining us. Uh, Of course, uh, one of the guys behind bangshift.com and works for that drag racing enterprise we know of as nhra how are you doing today sir
0: i'm good man thank you for having me on this deal this is uh this is really cool
1: rusnik didn't warn you about us did he
0: no he gave me no he gave me no coaching so i'm i'm coming in blind. <laughs> no, <this is> perfect. <laughs> just like like everything else in my life is yeah, <laughs> <I'm good.
1: laughs> it's a pretty easy program we just enjoy talking truck and tractor pulling so now motorsports more than everything that's We've kind of rebranded ourselves, and you're the first, uh, so to speak, not exactly uh, full Pulling uh, interview we've had on in quite some time since, uh, well, Ken Venny.
0: Oh well, I'm honored, man. That's great.
1: But you came back well, to, so you came back to Pulling. So you're involved
2: in this uh, TV show, this Put Up or Shut Up, and you guys started filming. I believe it was Monday or Tuesday, and you let leak some photos from uh, Galat yeah. Motorsports Park. What you had going on? Uh, what'd you guys do? Yeah, so we
0: shot it a lot, and uh, we we ran. So one of the ideas that uh, it, one of the cool things about the show is like I you know I work to come up with a lot of the ideas, and then we kind of pull them off. So um, we've done some pretty cool stuff, but the the, the stuff we did at a lot on Tuesday was like definitely um, definitely the coolest thing we've done so far. So we had Randy Davis in the running bear uh, tractor, and we had uh, Keith Whalen in the Super B. Uh, Keith Whalen, I'm sorry, in the Super B. And so those are two, uh, you know, light unlimited or 7,500 pound modifies, I guess, whichever, whichever, you know, category you want to call them. But, uh, you know, twin engine blown alcohol tractors. Um, and rather than do just a standard pulling format, you know, the cool thing about Galat's course is that it, it's double wide. So we actually ran them hooked to sled uh, on the pulling course, but we ran it as a drag race to 340 feet rather than a distance event. So, the sleds were set up. Uh, we had the, the Bauer guys there with their sleds, and we had then set the sleds up that we would know the guys would make the 340 feet, and it was uh, it was their job to get there ahead of somebody else. So um, it was pretty cool because the guys themselves didn't know the didn't know what we were going to do until we told them, and uh, that was kind <laughs> of fun of that was that was also kind of the fun of it. They knew they were showing up there to pull something. They didn't know what was going on, and the cool thing was, Waston was like oh, this is way better than I thought. He goes, I thought you were going to have us run these, try to run these things with nothing behind him. I said, no. I mean, one of the things that I, I lo- really like to do on the show is um, showcase things or show stuff off that is maybe not like super, like a lot of people at home don't know how a sled works. A lot of people at home don't know just how serious and how big polling is, not only in the United States, but across the world. So um, we always try to put a twist on things, but I didn't want to like take away the integrity of what these guys do. So it wasn't about making pulling tractors do something weird. It was just about having them do what they normally do, but just in a slightly different way. And by far the best episode we've ever made. Like the, the, the visual on this, like wait till you see it. It's like, it's super badass. It's very cool.
1: You know, it was cool watching, you know, you guys post, you posted the picture of, uh, what was it? Uh, super B loaded in the trailer yeah. there and uh everybody's commenting about you know the little toe strap on the back and how heavy that thing is and all that i'm going you don't have any idea this thing weighs next to nothing this isn't even a big boy yet you know oh my god i'm going i'm going you know what this is going to be a good thing we've talked about for a long time about how do you get pulling more mainstream how do you get it out there and uh some novelty like idea like this might be enough to spur some interest because it is truly madness in motorsports you know People talk about, you know, what top fuelers and all them do. Yeah, they're 10,000, 15,000 horsepower for three seconds. These guys with four engines on are 10,000 horsepower and on a 15 second burn, and they don't have to rebuild them after every pass. So, (laughs) hopefully.
0: The most, like, the most really, like, shocking thing to me with what we did was how quickly those guys can turn them around. And I realized, like, in a pull off, you know, typically in a pull off, if you're if you're like at the end of the hook, like you're turning the thing around quick. But like, you know, from our second to third round of this thing, like those guys literally brought it back to the starting line, fueled them, and they were pretty much ready to give it another rip in, in a half hour. And it was awesome because I'm sad to report that of all the episodes we shoot, the drag race guys are the slowest dudes to ever come back. Like, we've done a road racing stuff, we've done dirt track stock car stuff, and it's always the drag race guys that are that take forever and they're junk. Yes, run less and quicker than anybody else we have on the show so that hurts my feelings a little bit but uh but no these guys were i mean these guys are super impressive and uh their equipment's really good so i think to me it's like a really good way to 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 show people just how cool pulling is um and again it's a slightly different format but it's a it's a very educational show for people how does how does the sled work how do these tractors actually run with multiple engines like and they're impressive man they're they're among they're among in my opinion the most impressive vehicles in any sort of motorsport like whatever you want to pick as a judgment point between the power they make or the technology that's evolved in them they're awesome so i hope uh, i hope people do
1: it i find it neat you actually picked one of the newer classes of the sport of pulling with the light unlimited's where they are at that lightweight and only running two blown motors you know i mean for many years we've had the mod class three four engines and of course the unlimited four or five but the light unlimiteds known for their squareliness known for their really showing of the twisting of the frame with the torque due to the engines being set out there so far kind of a neat decision there
0: yeah and it's funny too where it's like you know and one of the things we try to point out to people was like you know you put these two you put the two tractors next to each other and if you're not paying a lot of attention if you don't know what you're looking at you think oh these things are like basically identical but then you start to get some details and you look at the engine placement, especially on Waisons tractor, like Waisons, his motors are as far out as you can get. You know, the oil pans are, the front of the oil pan is basically maybe halfway over the front tire, whereas, uh, whereas Randy's tractor has the engine set back a little bit. So, you know, even just showing stuff off like that. And, you know, I explained in the show that pulling is basically just a giant physics experiment, right? It's balanced. It's not just a simple brute strength thing. It's a... Almost, you know, wholly dependent on getting the balance and stuff right. So, um, yeah, it was great, and, and the guys were really good. You know, they were cool, and they like to kind of take some shots at each other. Like the whole thing was really fun.
2: Yeah, you got lucky with a couple guys who actually are both from the East Coast, so I'm sure they know each other from, have grown up around each other on on the the East Coast circuits a little bit too.
0: Yeah, and that was uh, that was one of the great things is you know Randy Randy mostly pulls regionally, like he doesn't do any Grand National stuff, and Keith does uh, a lot of Grand National stuff, so but they've both been at a lot of the same events together. They definitely have a good rapport. So, yeah, you're 100% right. It was uh, definitely better to have two guys that were kind of comfortable with each other than two dudes who had never met. So, yeah, and I think that's
2: fun. that's an interesting point, too, going back to the chassis setup, the fact that Randy does stick a little bit more regionally. He keeps the engines back because he will wait up and run heavier and run a third motor on it, whereas Waysen is really optimized for that light and limited, the Grand National stuff.
0: Yeah, no, 100%. And, you know, it's funny, the – the, uh, the crew that shoots this show is like they're super, super talented. You know, Most of them are kids from California, and they've never seen anything. Like, they, you know, <laughs> they, you know they're, yep. so, you know, we've shot episodes with uh, some fairly loud stuff before, but I was like, explaining to them in our meeting before we started, I'm like, you guys have literally never heard anything about what this, is. you know, when, when these guys drop the hammer on these things, and four alcohol motors are screaming at, you know, at, at the top of their lungs, and we got done with the first, uh, the first round, and all these kids were staring at each other like it was insane. And, actually, the, the point you guys will like is there was a bunch of drag racers that were at the lot because, obviously, they have a drag strip there, too, that were testing, and they all hauled ass and ran over to watch this. And then every time we'd run them, they would all be staring at each other and just, like, giggling like eight-year-old girls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, I know, Charles, we went down to Louisville, and your wife, she had seen three engine mods, but nothing grand. Na- no, she hadn't even seen three. No, she'd, she'd seen, she'd seen light and blown mods.
2: Well, she'd seen the light and limiteds at Fort Recovery, but never a it. full house. Never a
1: full house mod. Now, she hasn't even seen the <laughs> Unlimited class yet. No. And we're down down trackside in Freedom Hall of Louisville, you know, kind of the granddaddy pull of them all, <laughs> the one you want to be to. And she's got her camera up and we're like, no, you better put that down. Oh, yeah. I'll just plug one ear. No, no no you won't she, she's, like, she's like i gotta i gotta get
2: pictures of this i've never seen this before i'm like just just take it in trust me <laughs> and
1: yeah. when though with those four he- blown hemis with 871 blowers they weren't even the big 14 71s no. like the unlimiteds just lit her jaw bounced about 14 times off the track <laughs> and the best part is she walks over to charles and goes we need one <laughs>
0: oh. you've yeah uh, dude you picked the right chick that's freaking awesome that's great <laughs>
1: She's into it, but she can't help me pay for
2: it.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the other thing. Like, I took, uh, you know, David Friber from Roadkill and stuff. He's one of my best friends, and I've known him for, like, 20 years now. But I took him to the first pole that he ever went to. He had never seen any of this stuff in person. And uh, we were up in – we are actually up in a land speed race up in uh, northern – way northern Maine. Like, at the very top of northern Maine, they run some standing mile land speed stuff. And the main state fair, the Roostock County Fair, was up there, and they were pulling uh, one of the nights at the fair. So I took him over there, and he was like, he was completely blown away. We saw a couple. We there were they didn't have any full blown, you know, they didn't have any of the full kill bods there, but they did have they did have some really nice stuff. And the first impression he got when he saw the first guy hook was like, this is the most brutal dino pull I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes.
1: Like I said the other day when we were messaging back and forth and fell into a hole of talking about pulling and tractors and all that, you know, we, we say in the sport, we don't go to the dyno to make peak horsepower. We just do it to tune the motors on a load, you know. Right. I go, dyno right. sheets don't pull. No.
0: <laughs> 100% right. 100% right. Yeah, everybody likes to have their hero number on paper, but it really doesn't matter once the, when the rubber meets the road or the rubber meets the dirt, it really doesn't matter. When, it, the, hook,
2: when the hook drops, the bullshit stops.
1: Yep
0: that's it baby yeah
1: and you know what he brought up something most people forget about there's still state level ntpa pulling in maine yes there is yeah yeah it's yeah. it's few and, and far I, between you know, but it's up there
0: yeah it's obviously not as big a scene as as other places but like there was a lot of really nice stuff up there and i know their uh pro know, mod
1: four-wheel drive class is fairly decent up there yeah
0: yeah, they had a bunch of awesome ProMod four-wheel drives, so that was the class that David enjoyed the best, too. Because to me, the four, you know, I, I love the tracking and stuff, but the four-wheel drive trucks have their own kind of level of crazy to them that are, that's just awesome.
1: It, you know, it's something you don't see in a lot of motorsports. I mean, of course, you get down to the door slammer level and that, but, you know, 650 or you go to a PPL class now where it's 800 cubic inch max on these, but not forced induction. It's still naturally aspirated. You're still... Using them pistons to draw every ounce you can out of them, you know it's a different class. It's the only class left in pulling that is still naturally aspirated.
0: Yeah, and and obviously, you know, as you guys well know, naturally aspirated beans is going to make power. It comes from RPM, and RPM is where you know RPM is where the fun is. If you're sitting there watching or listening to something like this, and the way those guys can sing those big blocks is just freaking crazy. You know, it's uh, it's it's. Yeah, and that was a, I think that was the impression when he when we left that night, he kept going back to the RPM, especially some of the bigger inch motors what they were turning the things to. It was uh it was a great experience for him and uh, I'm glad that I was able to, to kind of bring him into the fold.
2: Yeah, we we know some guys both on the on the supercharged and the NA side on, on the pulling track
1: who are not afraid of a five-figure tack oh, number. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh
0: yeah. Incredible. Yeah. I know of 525
1: hemi <laughs> that they go, yeah, 11,000, that's an- that's about where we want to be. Yep.
0: Crazy. I mean, I do some stuff. Uh, you know, the the drag week event that Hot Rod Magazine puts on, and there's a guy that runs that event now that actually has a Goodwin uh, a Goodwin Hemi and a and a big good 700 plus inch job and a and a '69 Camaro. And you know, all these guys are like, "Who's this Goodwin outfit?" I'm like, "Well, if you guys obviously have never been around pulling, because obviously <laughs> those guys build some of the badass bad stuff out there." So um, it was cool. And it's cool for Goodwin to get you know a little bit of cross exposure too, and that and that car is ridiculous. It's the quickest naturally aspirated car in the you know now fifteen year history of that race, so it's really cool.
2: Good stuff, brother. Hey, we uh, we know you're up against a time crunch, so uh, as you were prepared for, uh, heroes and legends. Who are some of the people that uh, made Brian Lunas who he is today?
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, I look at guys, and to me, the thing yeah, I grew up. We didn't have, you know. I grew up in Massachusetts, still live there, so there's not a ton of, you know, very high level pulling going on there. But we have a lot of antique pulls going on. So I used to go to a lot of antique tractor pulls, and I love antique tractors. Um, but it was really guys like, you know, again being a, you know, mainly a drag race guy. There's so many crossover people. You, you know, you brought up Ken Venny. You look at guys like EJ Potter back in the day with his Allison tractors. Um, you, you know, you obviously got to mention Art Arfons when you start this type of a conversation too. But, you know the validation for pulling for me came from the fact that these people that I totally admired for what they were doing in drag racing, all, you know, those are three guys that left the sport of drag racing and went pulling. And it's like, well, these are brilliant people that have found a new challenge and a challenge that keeps them up at night staring at the ceiling and trying to figure stuff out. So, you know, those are the type of guys that to me, um, not necessarily totally piqued my interest, but those are the guys that made me, really appreciate what tractor pulling and truck pulling is because of the fact that, you know, these guys dominated their fields in, the, in drag racing and they went over to pole and it was a, it was a very hard thing. And then you look at Ken Venny, 77 years old, the dude wins bowling green last year. Like how could you not, I mean, how could you not just respect a badass guy that's nearly 80 and still out there killing everybody?
2: I, I got to tease you a little bit. You really hide your new England accent very well until you say art, our
0: all
3: right
1: i got i gotta push the heroes and legend question a little more because you are a commentator you are an announcer what sure who got you interested in doing that i know charles and i we've got our names for that but you know the announcer side's a different thing or commentator whatever you want to call ourselves you know who formed you into that who made you want to get behind that microphone
0: um, for me, you know, I, I grew up watching the Red Man series on TV. I grew up watching American Force Cavalcade on CNN. Like, you know, that was that was in many ways like my education for this. You know, so um, Army Armstrong, Steve Evans, Brett Kepner, um, good choices.
2: Know, yeah,
0: you know, the, and those are those were guys and, and amazingly, amazing. Like, I mean, Steve Evans passed away before I ever had a chance to meet him, but I know his son very well. Um, Brett Kepner is a close friend, and Army Armstrong is a guy that I've, I've spent some time hanging out with, and those were the guys that that really were my professors in this, you know, and they still are because of the beauty of YouTube and stuff. You go back and you watch this stuff, and you know, like you guys, I never, I take pride in being original and never copying people, but you, you got to learn somewhere, and you go back and watch those guys and how they did it, and the way that they, the way. The brilliance to me of like the Steve Evans and the Brett Kepners and Armstrongs of the world was that they were able to have fun and able to kind of point out the absurdities of things while still being very respectful to the people in the competition. So, it uh, to me that's the key of all of it. Where if you can go out there and go, yes, this is the most ridiculous thing you've ever seen in your life, but also still give it the respect it deserves and try to educate people on it. I think that's like. I think that's what people enjoy. At least I hope it is. Yeah. Hopefully it'll keep me employed for a while. A perfect
2: yeah. example of that is the old footage of Steve Evans, Brock Yates, and Paul Page covering the, the mud buggy racing in Florida.
1: Yes.
0: And that is that is literally the perfect example. Like, they had so much freaking fun, but they were not making fun of the competitors. They were not making fun of their machinery. They were ultra respectful to the – and they treated it like it should have been treated. They treated it like a race, and it was a race. And so those guys were there running their shit as hard as they could get it to go and trying as hard as they could go. So yeah, that's a, that is literally the most perfect example you can give where if they wanted to go down there and make fun of the guys for, you know, not having teeth or make fun of the way something was welded together, they they could have done that, but that's not what they were about. They were about, they were about enjoying what they were seeing and, and making you enjoy it too. And yeah, totally love that.
1: Well, Brian, I know you're up against it. You got to go do some uh, NHRA work, which, of course, pays the bills. Because I know this check we sent you for coming on tonight's going to bounce about as sky high as it can get. So, <laughs> should have told me yeah, that. a
3: plumber, man. Yeah, it's,
0: it's, a, it's a super Bowl.
3: Yeah.
1: Don't worry. If if that one bounces, I can write you another one just like it. <laughs>
0: but no, man. I, I apologize for I apologize for being short. But I would love to come back on if you ever uh, you ever totally lacking for guests in your podcast. Nah. If you're if you're, if you're up- if you're up against it, you're like, I'll oh, just call that moron back. But no, I would, uh, I would love to, would love to be back on. And actually, kind of a cool quick story was uh, when I got down here. We're racing in Virginia this weekend, and uh, we're actually staying a couple miles up from Colonial Heights. And I don't know if you guys have ever heard of the Stone Truck and Tractor Museum here. I'm not giving them a plug. They're not paying me any of it, but it's like. This dude, it's a private collection that is open as a public museum, but he's got 300 tractors, 300 restored farm tractors in there, and he's got 100 restored vintage big rigs.
1: Yeah, I saw the pictures on your uh, on your uh, Facebook page. And by the way, fuck you. (laughs) I I
2: understand you needed a bib to catch all the tears and and, uh, snot.
0: Yeah, yeah. I just I walked in the room and started crying, and the lady that was like the the lady at the front desk asked if I was okay. You know. But dude, you walk in there, and, and you know—I don't know if you guys are, you know, vintage tractor guys or not, but you walk in there, and the first thing you see is a Minimo UDLX. Like the, the there's one right one.
2: here on our wall in front right of us in front the, of the studio. Us right here. <laughs>
0: yeah. I I had never seen one in person. The closest I had ever come to seeing one of those things was in the pages of a book. And uh, you walk in there, and it's sitting front and center and it's obviously it's gorgeous and they got it all opened up and you can kind of stick your face in there and look around and it's like
1: we've seen one of the udlx's in person and of all places for me to see one for the first time charles was there too yep was what three years ago now Mm -hmm. three years ago now at detroit's autorama they had one on the top floor wow Yeah, yeah right, with right. all the chip foos and all the high fancy high dollar rigs. Yeah, yeah there was a UDLX sitting there. <laughs> Riddler contender,
2: Riddler contender, Riddler contender, Minneapolis Moline, Riddler contender.
0: <laughs> they had, um, and the guy's got everything, man. It's like, it literally doesn't matter what you like. Like, it's not, it's very, uh, the collection goes from, he's got a 1917 Titan in there. He's got uh, he's got all kinds of stuff, like from from weird one-off stuff to... You know, of course, he's got a bunch of, you know, he's got a bunch of John Deere stuff. He's got Oliver's, he's got Internationals, he's got Farmall, he's got Ferguson. I mean, if you can name a make, even if so if make only made 50 examples, he, he probably has one in there. And he's got a couple of competition tractors in there as well, so it's cool.
2: Nice.
1: Well, Brian, we're not going to hey, tie you up anymore, buddy. Uh, yeah, we're going to get you on very, very soon again, because I know this conversation, we just barely breached the top, yeah. and uh, there's a lot more to come, because, I mean, we want to talk Drag Race, and we want to talk Bang Shift. We want to talk pulling and tractors and trucks and everything because we cover anything with a motor in it anymore. And you seem to be a guy with the same uh, interests. So,
0: yeah, man, if it makes it steam, I love all that shit. So yeah, I'm down. I'm down. Whatever you guys want.
1: The only person we might cut you for is getting Jay Leno on, but I don't see that happening anytime <laughs> soon. But <laughs> I totally, I totally understand. <laughs> so Brian, thanks for coming in on again, and uh, hope to hear from you soon, buddy.
0: You bet. Thanks, guys. Yep.
1: This
2: is Sidetracked. We'll be right back in just a moment. Presented by Dirty Hooker Diesel. By
3: the time I finish this fucking thing, I'll be out of a job.
1: And we're back with Sidetrack powered by DHD and uh great interview with Brian Lonis. It was uh awesome having him on, unfortunately not nearly long enough, but uh oh, we'll have him back on soon. For sure. You could tell it was we, he was having to hold back the chain just a little bit. He was ready yeah. to roll, but I, I, get I don't think
2: it. he's hard to get started
1: no i get it you know he's, you work for nhra doing a dream job that's what he's paid to do yeah and uh, of course keep a bank shift going you know i mean yeah. it's he's living the dream that he's, i know i'd love to be able to do i but would
2: trade trade shoes with him in a heartbeat
1: it, it you know a lot of time on the road we get that well me of me of all people definitely can understand that i mm-hmm. mean my gps is already pushing five digits for the year and i've haven't even gotten started really, so. But thank you, Brian Lonas for taking your time out, and uh, thank you all you fans who keep staying with us. You know, we uh, we're getting back into it. We were getting burned out, and uh, this this show, Charles, we've already talked. It feels good. This one felt good because it
2: it, it just had happened. material. It had material, and it just happened. We had taken some time away. I'm still a little burned out. I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm my creative, it's gone. It's gone. Um, but we'll i know what i need to do this isn't the first time
1: and that's just it you know people go well you're here representing the sport and you're here to promote the sport but i'm not going to to an extent yes i'm not going to phone it to an extent yes we are here for that but first and foremost we're here for our own enjoyment and whether or not you listen to us is not going to stop whether or not we what we why we record shows we do this because we enjoy it Mm -hmm. and uh that's what we got to remember, and uh, that's what we got to stay focused on. And uh, we'll be bringing you shows. Uh, it, can I guarantee weekly? No, but I'll guarantee we're going to keep keep the shows yeah, coming out. We're
2: going to keep doing it. If that's what never been in doubt, we'll just it'll be when we have something to say.
1: Absolutely, and you know it might be weekly, it might be biweekly, it might be once a month, depending yeah. on where we're at and how our lives sit. Because you know what, we do have lives I, outside of this. I can tell you,
2: I can tell you right now. Next week we'll probably do a show. The week after. We absolutely will not do a show because we are going to be at tracks all over the state. It's just not going to happen.
1: Yeah. You more than me for once.
2: Yeah. Actually, I think I've got, within a seven-day stretch, I think I hit like five places.
1: Yeah. You actually have more than me that for once in a week. So, it's going to be a different thing, but uh, part of being the sidetrack crew, and uh, thank you guys for sticking with us. And on behalf of everybody who's a part of this, thank you, guys. Uh, thank you. It's We keep our dream rolling, and... Our sponsors uh, help keep us able to keep the lights on, so to speak, as we sit in mm-hmm. the dark. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I
2: keep the lights off. It took it took me almost a year, but I finally trained uh, the other two guys in my office to keep the damn lights off all day.
1: <laughs> I hate the lights being on. So with that, my name's Armstead. My name is Posh. Good night.
2: Tractors recorded live before a dead studio audience. Tonight's episode is recorded at the Second Baptist Bar and Grill, where occupants may or may not have consumed alcoholic beverages. Retransmission of sidetracked, in whole or in part, without express written consent of sidetracked, is expressly prohibited. (laughs) Who gives a shit? You're going to do it anyway.